Have any of you ever won the lottery? I do need to know these things. <laughs> Amen, Peter. Amen. Because for many people, winning the lottery is like a dream come true. Because the thinking is, if I just had enough money, all my problems would go away. All my problems would go away. Yet 70% of people who win the lottery lose it within a few years. And actually, more than that, more than 70% find that their life is worse off than before they won the lotto. Is it shocking? It shouldn't be. Because when we put that much, that much stock into this area that's, that we think is supposed to satisfy us, it's, it's going to crumble. It's a house of cards. I'm going to read from a book called Ecclesiastes. If you're, not, if you're not familiar with the Bible, we've been doing a year-long series through the Bible, looking at the major teachings of it. And right now we're a book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to learn about this book and what it means for us. And it's showing us this exact point that no money can satisfy. No drink can satisfy. That no job can satisfy, ultimately. And that everything under the sun, if we look under the sun for satisfaction, will leave us wanting and will never satisfy us. Do you ever have those questions? Why am I so unhappy? Why do I, why do I exist? What's the purpose of my life? Where do we find purpose? Is life really worth living? Because the world thinks, the world thinks this way. There's an American professor and writer. His name is Joseph Campbell. He says this, life has no meaning. Each of us has meaning and we bring it to life. It is a waste to be asking the question when you are the answer. So Joseph Campbell thinks we are the answer and there's no meaning. How about atheist and evolutionist Richard Dawkins? He concluded this about human existence. Human existence is, is neither good nor evil. It's neither kind nor cruel, but simply callous, indifferent to all suffering, lacking all purpose. Joseph Campbell thinks we create meaning. Dawkins, a very famous atheist whom I used to study, thinks there is no purpose to anything. But the main point I want us to know from the book of Ecclesiastes is this. True meaning and lasting happiness is found in God alone. True meaning and lasting happiness is found in God alone. There is no other thing under the sun that can bring ultimate satisfaction. You and I were made for God. We're to seek after Him. So we're going to read from chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes, the first, well, all of chapter 1, 18 verses. And Ecclesiastes is in the Bible. It's called one of the book of wisdom, one of the wisdom literature. Proverbs is one of them. Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs. And Ecclesiastes is concerned with giving us wisdom. Giving us wisdom. Verse 1, here we go. These are the words of the teacher. 
King David's son who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and it turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out to the sea again. Everything is wearisome, beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. I think I am. reading here. Where are we at? Verse 12. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem and applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but a striving after wind, for much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I was reading from a different translation there. But essentially the writer, he's identified as the teacher in verse 1, is saying, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. It's very depressing. It's a very depressing book. Everything is vanity. And so the teacher, who he's identified as in verse 1, we call him teacher in the English but in the original Hebrew language, he's identified as Koheleth. Koheleth. There's no real English equivalent. We don't really know what it means. It could be preacher. It could be the teacher. We're not sure. Koheleth. And so the idea of this Hebrew word is someone who might gather a group of people, particularly the people of God, and to teach them something. To gather a congregation. And one of the renditions of the word koheleth is Ecclesiastes. And if you're to study the church, the, the term in Christianity for studying the church is ecclesiology. That's the study of the church. This is where we get the name Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes. And the teacher's main point 
is everything is meaningless. Completely meaningless. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And so Ecclesiastes is this account of the writer who, who hopelessly lived without God and found that everything was hopeless. And he took the whole sum of human existence and he declared that it was utterly meaningless. The natural world was meaningless. That wisdom and knowledge was meaningless. That the pursuit of pleasures, possessions, and accomplishments, all of it was meaningless. And then he pursued work and found that that was meaningless. He takes 12 chapters in Ecclesiastes to drive this point home, this depressing point in very fine detail, and concludes everything is meaningless. Completely meaningless. And what is this word, meaningless? The Bible wasn't written in English. This book was written in Hebrew. And in the Hebrew, the word is havel. Havel. And the idea of havel is smoke. It's like a vapor. It's like it's there for a second and it has some substance, but you try to grab it and it just vanishes in your fingers. Work is havel. Seeking pleasures are havel. It slips away. It's empty. It's pointless. It's useless. It's absurd. So Koheleth, he, he examines everything. He examines everything that you and I put stock in and consider it meaningful. What are the things that we do to find meaning? Work. Well, if you're single, maybe if I had a spouse... Or if I had a dog, or if I had this job, or if I had more money, or if I looked like this, or if I had this coat, Koheleth is saying, it's Havel. It's, it's meaningless. There's always going to be another coat. There's always more money to be had. Elon Musk, what's he worth? $100, $200 billion? A Saudi Arabian oil company is worth $1.7 trillion? There's always more money. Havel, he's saying. And he's asking, what is the point of my existence? What is the point of your existence? And he's asking, and he's teaching from experience. Koheleth, he's saying, I've had all the money. I've had all the pleasure. I had more wisdom and knowledge from than anyone. I had more power than anyone. And it was Havel, meaningless. He indulged in every pleasure before his eyes. Wine, possessions, women. And he concluded in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 11, But as I looked at everything, I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. And the next year, he acquired great wisdom and thought in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness, for the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate, but concluded that life was so grievous that he hated it. Verse 17 in chapter 2. 
So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. He pursued pleasure, he pursued wisdom, and then he pursued work. And he was disappointed yet again. Verse 23 in chapter 2. The days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. He went after the fame, the fortune, the pleasure, the good job, everything. It's meaningless. Havel. And then death comes after us. And so even if you accomplish all these amazing things, you're the richest, wisest person who has accumulated everything. Everybody loves you. You look perfect. Then we die. And then what? Koheleth says, death is the vanity of all vanities. We will be forgotten. The sun will go lights out. A hundred million years from now, who will talk about us? Vanity of vanities. And why does he write all this? This deeply depressing book. He wants to show us the futility of everything. He wants us to show he wants to show us the meaninglessness of everything. So that we put our hope in something eternal, something that is everlasting something that is not fleeting, something that is not smoke, something that is not Havel, and that is in the everlasting God whom he serves. This message is true then and it is true now. I don't know if you follow God, whether you're here or you're listening, but the writer, and what I'm saying is we must follow after God for true meaning and lasting happiness is found in God alone. This is Koheleth's conclusion. He essentially looked at everything that there was to examine in the pursuit of happiness and found it empty, like smoke. And he concludes in chapter 12, verse 13. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands. For this is everyone's duty. This is your duty. This is my duty. Whether you're listening online, whether you're from Singapore, whether you're from Africa, this is the duty of all of us. For we were all made to worship and serve our Creator, God, who is everlasting to everlasting, eternal, meaningful, purposeful. Everything else is smoke. Fear God and obey His commands. Do you fear God? Do you have a reverence for Him? Does your lifestyle reflect a knowledge of Him? Do you know Him? If you don't, this is an opportunity for you to go to Him, to fear Him and obey His commands as we read about Him and learn about Him from this book. And for us to follow Him and enjoy God properly, we have to see the meaninglessness and the smoke that so easily distracts us. I'm not immune to the entertainment, to the glitz and the glamour of the world and to look under the sun for meaning. 
But Koheleth is saying, look beyond the sun. Look above the sun. Don't have this just simple perspective. Look beyond it. Who created the sun? Who controls tomorrow? God does. This God does. The God of Israel. The God of the Bible. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Life is meaningless and temporary. But the good news of Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel is that Jesus offers a life that is meaningful and eternal. We were made for God, yet we've gone our own ways seeking after smoke, thinking that will satisfy, but it cannot and it will not. And that is an affront that is treasonous and rebellion towards the God who created us. And we are separated. And as we continue to go after smoke, we will end up in the lake of fire that he's prepared for us because of what our sin deserves. We will suffer an eternity in hell unless, unless something is done on our behalf. And something was. God sent his own son to pay the vanity of all vanities, death. He took death upon himself. He took the curse of our sin upon himself. He took our pursuit of Havel and put it on himself. He became guilty of murder, of theft, of rape, and high treason. That we could be set free. And that by his innocence, exchanged for our guilt, we are restored to an eternal God who created us. And now, everything we do matters. Everything we do matters. If it is done for the sake of the gospel and the glory of God, for that is why we are made. Our labor for him is never in vain. Our labor for him is never meaningless. Everything has purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. The writer says this in the New Testament. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Everything has meaning now. Everything has purpose. Everything is intentional now. And not that we live perfectly. But sometimes we just have to pause. When our lives are going so crazy, COVID aside, our lives were already crazy, if we're honest. We're busy, overworked, reading too much content, scared of everything. Maybe this is just me. But sometimes we just have to pause. And we have to seek the wisdom of God and think, Lord, what am I doing? How do I honor my spouse in my marriage? How do I honor my kids? How do I, when I eat poutine, just acknowledge the goodness of the gravy and that I have taste buds and that I'm here and that I can be grateful eating amongst friends? This is now meaningful. Everything is to God's glory and His purposes. Because true and lasting meaning True and lasting happiness is found in God alone. There is no other worldview. 
There is no other religion. No other God offers this. And he's saying, my child, come home. I will give you purpose. I will give you meaning. I will give you a new life. I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new mind. I will give you a new community. I will make a new covenant with you. I will restore the heavens and the earth. I will give a new heaven and a new earth. Don't live for things under the sun. It is gone like Havel. Smoke. We've got to examine our own lives. See where we're caught in the smoke. Don't get caught in the smoke. Don't lose sight of God when you're stuck in the fog. Look to Him. Just pause. Just stop. Maybe you need to read Ecclesiastes. Read all of it. 1 to 12. True wisdom comes in the fear of the Lord. We must acknowledge Him in all things. This simple conclusion is profound. That we seek after the one who made everything. He's the one who gives purpose to everything. Not what Joseph Campbell says. We don't make meaning of things. God does. We need to know how things work. That's best for humanity and the best for God's glory. God is not a killjoy. He's intentional that all things be done for His glory, but also we do all things for human flourishing. That we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor. And when we see this, we see the beauty of His creation. We find pleasure in what we do. And we see the eternal significance of everything we do. Even the mundane things. Paying taxes. Getting gas. Getting yelled at when you cut someone off. All these little things. Everything has purpose. And how do we react? Only when we discover this. Only when we discover this will we see that everything is meaningful. And if we don't, we'll be stuck in the smoke. And so I stand here before you this afternoon pleading for you to take the hand of God that's been offered to you freely. Take the gospel. Find out how you're to live. Receive a new mind. Receive a new heart. Receive a new life as you are received into God's family. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, it's so easy for us to get caught in the smoke. It's so easy for us to get lost. We thank you that you have come and found us and that you give us purpose, you give us meaning, you give us happiness to serve you. And so, Father, teach that. Teach us that. Wherever we come from, in our jobs, whether in our unemployment, whether in singleness, whether in our marriages, whether it's widows, Father, you are here, you are near. Teach us what it means to fear you and to be wise. Let us look beyond the sun to the great sun, to your sun, to find eternal meaning and lasting hope. For your glory and for our joy, we pray.
Amen.